from Griffith University. These are Remarkable Tales. Griffith University journalism graduate Taylor Fellows is defying the trend of cutbacks to regional reporting by snaring an increasingly rare cadetship at new publication scone.com.au. While many regional publications are winding up, Taylor started her journalism career earlier this month, moving to the upper Hunter Valley town of Scone from the Gold Coast to take up the opportunity. Taylor is working full-time on local news and making sure the local community knows about everything from the great-grandmother turning 100 to what happened in court and concerns about how urgently needed road repairs will be funded. She tells us on this episode of Remarkable Tales how a Griffith University one-year overseas exchange gave her the confidence to move to the horse capital of Australia and how she could not have found a better start for her journalism career. Taylor, welcome to Remarkable Tales. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Nance. I appreciate it. Well, firstly, I think we've got to congratulate you on defying the trend in regional journalism. A lot of people are talking about the, the really the downfall of, of many of the publications in regional journalism, and, and you've defied that by getting a, a prized cadetship, Taylor. Can you tell us all, all about how that happened? Yes, I guess I suppose it started in 2018. I just finished my studies overseas abroad and I came back in order to graduate, of course. And my great-grandmother, who actually lives in Scone, where I'm now based, she um, passed away and I came down for her funeral. And that is where I met Liz, who is a distant, distant cousin. Liz is the editor of scone.com.au and uh, she offered me a intern cadetship at that time, and I said, "Great, yeah, I'll come down and and check it out." So we did that in 2018 for a few weeks, and we were waiting for, I guess, the long term kind of your viable business plan to come through uh, in order to get some sort of payment going, and that wasn't feasible at that time. And then COVID came along, good old COVID, and she rang me up and said, "Look, I I reckon we can we can." fill a gap in the regional journalism down here. We have a few publications that have closed down or they've had to take a break and we've got spots um, open now where I can I can pay you and I can offer you a cadetship. And I said, fantastic. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't busy amongst COVID and, and then here I am. So I came down pretty much immediately after that offer and, yeah, we got cracking straight away. Two major Australian and global trends, really. You've defied the, the COVID as well as the, uh, the downturn in regional <laughs> journalism. But I suppose it does yeah, show, I, Taylor, that it's... That there are opportunities lying there if if you if you look or or if you're just in that right place at the right time. Yeah, I think I was quite lucky to be honest. We Liz and I joke about how COVID's probably the best thing that ever happened to us. But yeah, a lot of people weren't as lucky, especially down here in regional journalism. A lot of people have been laid off. I've uh, heard along the grapevine. So I guess it depends as well on your employer and how strong your business case was, whether or not you could survive. And unfortunately, all of the people down in regional journalism couldn't, and that's due to you know advertising and and all those other things that you need to to keep your publication running. So yeah, I was really lucky to, I guess, yeah, be in the place at the right time, like you said. Unpaid work experience still is pretty crucial, isn't it? I mean, you've got to show commitment. It's not just enough that you've got to differentiate yourself from all the other journalism graduates who who are so desperate for their start in the industry as well. 
Oh, 100%. And I think the biggest thing like that as well is when you are doing interning or even if you're, you know, part-time or casually employed or trying to freelance as well, doing that overtime. It's funny when I talk to my friends and they talk about like payment and wages and stuff and I say, oh, my, it's not a nine-to-five job, journalism. You know, you're getting up at 6 a.m., you know, to listen to the radio, what happened when you were sleeping, and then you're working right through until until when you need to stop, when you've got your interviews done or if you need to transcribe at night time to be prepared for the next day. And it's those types of commitments, I think, that that needs that separates committed journalists from people who think they can just come in and, and write and then and that's all that needs to be done. Yeah, it's a really a twenty four hour kind of mindset that you need to be in. Even in little old scone, oh. that's the case, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. A lot of people say, a lot of people say, oh, is there enough news? We get that question a lot. And, oh, my gosh, there's too much news sometimes. And things get do get set back as well. You have plans for the day and something like a car crash may happen or, yeah, some sort, some minor thing. But those are the things that the community is also interested in. So you need to be able to drop everything you're doing and fit that into your schedule as well. So every day is a new day here. You're not really – you can't really be fully prepared. So tell us a bit about Scone for the people who aren't familiar with it. Well, Scone is the horse capital. I think that's the most important thing. You've got a lot of people who have been here, quite honestly, their whole life. A lot of people know each other as well due to the population, um, which I think is only around, yeah, a few thousand, 7,000 or so. And then you've got neighbouring towns as well, which are quite close, which we also cover uh, because they don't have their own uh, publications. But Scone is a lovely place. It's it's beautiful out here, really. You've got a lot of nice pasture, a lot of paddocks, a lot of farms, and then a lot of small businesses, I suppose. It's the funniest thing is it's probably like things like McDonald's and stuff like that. You know, you move from the city, no more Uber Eats, <laughs> no more yeah, no more fine dining restaurants, things like that. So it's all very, yeah, community-based. And and you're just sort of behind the Hunter Valley there. We're in the um, the Hunter Shire. So tell us a bit about the reinvention of the, the newspaper that you're working for. I mean, really, we can't call it a newspaper anymore, can we? But I think it's good for people to know that it is moving into that digital realm that there is still local news being reported because it sounds like, as you say, you've been incredibly busy getting out of the office and reporting stories as you should be. We're an online publication. Uh, we've never been in print. A lot of print places around here have closed uh, within the last five years or so. I think it's mostly the expense and being able to move, especially like your elderly population online and giving them those skills to be able to access uh, online publications, that was a really important step in moving people towards the online platform, which is where most uh, journalism is probably moving now um, for affordability. Well, how are you finding it working for a, a totally digital publication? Did you feel ready for that, I suppose, from university or has it been a pretty quick change? I think I was pretty ready from university. We were told that a lot of we had to be diverse. I guess that was the main message that was brought out in my university training was you need to be able to be adaptable to different platforms if that's what you're asked to do. And coming into scone.com.au, we use Facebook and a lot of social media to get our platform, um, I guess, diversified uh, between all the different people that are uh, online. So, you know, we have a lot of people using their mobiles now compared to desktop. And I guess you use Google Analytics and things like that to make sure you keep up with your target audience. So it wasn't too much of a, of a change, but I think it's the fast-pacedness of it. So always being always being prepared to, to write on something. I mean, we were writing about um, terrible comments that Michael Johnson made at 11 p.m. Um, on Wednesday, you know, because that was, that was the timeliness of it. We needed to make sure that we uh, got that story out um, as soon as possible because that was in the community's interest. So things like that, yeah, you always need to be prepared. 
online you, you don't have any excuses really you know you can post whenever you want so that's that's one benefit of it but yeah, it, it does put in a lot of work because people expect you to be ready and have the news ready for you. And then you've also got the important stories like Ethel Hayden turning 100. Don't underestimate that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the coolest thing about working in regional journalism is that direct effect. It can be good and bad um, because everyone knows each other here. So I guess the check and balance concept is kind of quite strong. Um, and you're always rep- reporting on things that are in the community's interest. So when you have someone in your community that turns 100, and I got to go and meet Ethel and she was just the loveliest lady, and just hear about her life stories and, and to meet all the people that were celebrating her 100th birthday with her um, because the community values her. She's She was one of the pioneers in this area, literally since the, 18, the 1800s. So... So things like that you don't get to do in Metro News. But here everybody loves to know about those stories because they know Ethel, basically. It's, so. some, it's something about being pretty much the only person in those regional towns or, or one of a, a very small newsroom at best. You, you get to go out and do a bit of everything, don't you? Like the, the sinkhole stories that you've been reporting on. This is important <laughs> for people, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the sinkhole is one of my favourite stories that I've um, reported on so far. Pete Tullier, he's, I guess, one of our neighbours, really. And it, the best thing about these kind of stories is they will contact us. So I guess that's another difference between Metro. You'll get a lot of um, individuals that already know about your publication and if they want to get a story out, they will make the effort to contact you and say, oh, this is happening. You know, I think this is a this is a worthy story. And then and that kind of gives you the the essence of what the community is is expecting or what they want from you. So it's really cool because you get a lot of diverse stories coming through to you from the public themselves. And then you get to go out and look at sinkholes in people's backyards, something I would have probably never done in my career until <laughs> coming here, doing updates on that because people want to know, oh, how's the sinkhole going? <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you. I'll have to go and ask I'll, Pete about it. I'll do a follow-up. So. <laughs> and, and also doing the, the actually really important grassroots stories about dangerous roads. I mean, have you, have you had that chance yet? I know you've only just started, but where you've seen the difference that your stories can make, that, that actually raising it onto a respected platform, that, that can bring change? Oh, absolutely. I think one of the big gaps in regional journalism is that a lot of people, well, a lot of other publications, they would kind of copy media releases and that was, I was always told that was a big no-no uh, when I was at university. I want to shake the so, hand of all your teachers. Pardon? That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And so it kind of, the thing that surprised me most is I guess that when you're in a regional area, how easy it is for you to go and 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 be a part of the story and, and look at the story, meet the people. And so I, I take full advantage of that. I, I went out and looked at the the road that you're talking about, Willow Tree Road, and I met the people who were who were worried about it. And it just gives you a different aspect of the story when you get to be directly involved in um, the community's concerns. And it was something that I that I read from a media release that story and questioned it. And then when I went to go write about it, more more information surfaced. So that's a really good thing about regional journalism too is you, in an essence, you'll kind of have more time as well to really delve into stories and um, really get to the crux of the issue. And that's what we did with Willow Tree Road and that story is still not over yet. So we will see the effect that comes that comes from it, I suppose, and whether or not council or government will, will respond to the community's concerns that we reported in that story. Well, so that's right. It is, it is satisfying in that way. Because if it wasn't raised, then it's very easily ignored. I mean, it's really 
up to journalists such as yourself to to shine the light on little corners and uh, you know whether that is a dangerous road in the grassroots of regional journalism it's as important as anywhere else isn't it yeah absolutely yeah I feel I feel really lucky that we're able to serve the community in that way I mean that's the reason I got into journalism was to be able to address community values, look at look at social aspects of, of communities and see why things are happening, why things make the news. It's one thing to report on negative things that happen that the community, you know, needs to know about. But it's another thing to to be able to not miss any information, to not look over anything, because everyone knows each other and there's always a direct effect when you find a piece of information. Someone in the region is being affected by that. So it's it's nice to be closer to the issues. Yeah. And you mentioned that you went overseas before. Can we talk a bit more about that, Taylor? Because that was actually a, a Griffith University program, wasn't it? Can you tell us about that and how perhaps that affected your studies and, and your commitment to continuing into journalism? Yeah, so I did a program called Europe in the World uh, through Griffith as part of my as part of my third year uh, of studies, and we went over. Seas, and we spent two semesters abroad. Uh, the first semester was in the Netherlands, and the second was in Denmark. And don't make me pronounce the names of the schools because I could never in their languages. Still can't. <laughs> I would have loved to learn a few languages there, but because we were a mixed class, we had other students. We had a combined class where we had journalists from all over Europe, as well as I think five, to six, or seven Australians as well as part of the class. So we were all supposed to speak English to each other and help everyone else with their English skills. So. But it was a really great experience and it really taught me a lot about on-the-go reporting as well, kind of finding my feet and sourcing my own stories. And I guess the only the only bad thing is it really set me up to be a great reporter in Europe and here I am back in Australia. So it'd be good to, to translate those skills sometime in my career later on, I suppose, if I ever end up back overseas because Europe's a, it's a great place and it was really interesting to see how their systems and their politics and whatnot work within their news media compared to Australia. So, yeah, it was really enlightening overall. And it broadened your scope, I imagine, Taylor. I, I find with my teaching in journalism that a lot of students really don't look beyond Mount Cutha or, you know, they don't really want to go beyond the Gold <laughs> Coast-Brisbane divide. Did it show you that there, there really is a whole world out there to report on, not just where you grew up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I took a um, like politics and globalisation and, and all those kind of minor topics throughout university. So I already had a, a fair level of interest uh, in worldly affairs. And yeah, it really connected those things together with me. So reporting overseas really it also allows you to reflect back onto Australia and Australia's place in the world. So it kind of gives you that bird's eye view as well about how Australia conducts itself. And we're a fairly new nation. So uh, things like trade and, and our foreign relations. Yeah, I could believe really look at that in a different light and that was really interesting to me so yeah it definitely definitely broadened my horizons so to speak. So would you encourage other people to uh, who are in journalism to take that leap? Yeah I would definitely especially anyone who's interested um, in travel as well if you can incorporate your reporting into traveling and and you know looking through that lens when you visit other cultures and things like that that's really it's a really awesome experience I would really recommend it because it does make you I guess assess the news and well, what the news does in different countries or cultures. So it's 
yeah, a really a really good experience. It will really change the way you report as well. And you never know where those experiences might take you. Just as COVID emerged and you, you were able to, to get an opportunity, you never know what the next step from Scone might be, particularly with that under, overseas experience under your belt from, from Griffith University as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to go and do some sort of regional reporting overseas as well, uh, just as a comparison. I think that would be my first move if I was ever to travel overseas in a second stage of my career. I would definitely aim for something more rural than than going straight to a, a metro city or something like that. I just think it's more interesting. I think you get a lot of a lot of personal stories and a lot of individual issues um, out of rural and regional journalism. And I would love to to really delve into that and see what that's about in other countries too, because it's already interesting enough in Australia. So I can imagine what it would be like in larger populated areas that are still considered regional that would be an interesting next step to take it sounds like you certainly get that direct feedback whether you're you're right or wrong you you hear about it pretty quickly when you're doing your job properly in these little uh, publications (laughs) yeah absolutely if you've misplaced a fact or if you've done anything that's not up to scratch I suppose the community will definitely let you know they will not hold back but it's that interesting relationship as well is that kind of communication it provides you stories and then it also yeah allows you to I suppose reflect to a certain extent on your own writing because you you do need to really consider what's in the community interest individuals can be held accountable here but everyone knows each other so in some aspects you need to be careful what you write about and how you write about it you don't want to put targets on anyone's back or you know create some sort of controversy amongst the community without being very certain or sure that what you're reporting about is fair accurate and and true so yeah you do build a level of trust with the people in your community and that also then rewards you later on when they come to you and, and update you about things that you might not have heard about yet. So it's like a fast-track news cycle. I think that uh, this story is encouraging for for media lovers and media watchers on so many levels, Taylor. I mean, wonderful news for you getting one of these prize cadetships, but also perhaps can alleviate some of people's concerns about regional journalism that these digital publications, it sounds like you really are hitting the road. You are you, you were, you're telling me you went out and did some court stories the other day. You're, you're doing those stories that I think a lot of people feared wouldn't happen when these cutbacks occurred oh absolutely I think if you if you come and do regional reporting especially if you do that I guess as a pretext to to city or metro reporting it really diversifies your skills you're you have to be able to report on on different things like sports politics court you have to be able to go to court and report you will report you will do almost bio pieces like I did um, with F for you will do video reporting, you will live stream, um, whatever the, wherever the story takes you, you need to be able to um, use your skills in order to enhance that story. And uh, regional journalism really just provides you with a wide range of skills uh, and that can all, that will definitely benefit you if you ever uh, report later on in, in the city as well. So I think it will definitely uh, enhance your skills. It's definitely worthwhile to really get yourself across all aspects of media if you want to be a good reporter. And I'm, and I'm really just begun, so for me to say that it's uh, already benefiting me is, is a big thing. So I would definitely recommend it because there's a lot of gaps in news as well. So when you come out to, to regional reporting, to do regional reporting, you'll really see how much you can affect a community and how important the media is. And that in itself is a large learning curve. That's yeah, really good for any young journalist that's um, up and coming or start just starting out. It's so true, Taylor. Uh, I mean, in the city, you're one of many voices, but in Scone, 
you're one of very few and that's uh, to be cherished and really uh, valued by the community. It's a very satisfying uh, role to play. It's a little bit nerve-wracking because you, you definitely want to d- be fair and accurate. You want to do what's right um, as well. But it also gives you a bit of a, a nose for news as well. You can, definitely, you can definitely see news as soon as it happens and you can definitely hear news when you just talk to people. At Woolworths, you can pick up a story. You can literally pick up stories everywhere when you're in regional journalism. So it's always interesting, always a new day. That's the most fun part about about journalism. And it's not (laughs) not just of the press release, as you say. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So you, I read a lot of media releases. You still get media releases all the time, but it's been it's being able to go and, and investigate what's in the media release. That's the biggest difference. You have the time, and you know you have the commitment as well to to really delve into anything that's being sent to you, rather than just rewriting and re-uploading, or you know, rather than reading the other the Sydney Morning Herald and or, and all these other publications, and then thinking, oh, okay, we need to rewrite that and re-report on that. It's it's not like that here. Everything is is localized, and it's always in favor of what the community um, needs to hear about, so that they don't miss any news that's relevant to them. Taylor, it's been wonderful talking to you, and to hear the excitement in your voice as you start on your journalism career. It sounds like you've absolutely landed on your feet in Scone, and you're loving all of it. Are you you're going to do a little bit of uh, on the personal side of things? You're going to do a bit of travel around that region and a bit of hiking, I imagine, or horse riding? Yeah. Uh, look, uh, look, I haven't been horse riding in a very long time. It's quite cold here. I, I grew up in Canberra and I came from uh, the Gold Coast, so I'm still adjusting to the winter weather. Just looking out the window now, it's it's quite cloudy. The fog is making me see zero tree lines, so I don't think I would go towards the mountain at this stage. <laughs> but when it starts to warm up, I'll definitely I'll definitely go out and explore explore the outdoor areas because it is beautiful here. And yeah, we have access to a lot of a lot of nature, a lot of wildlife, and and yeah, I would definitely be amongst that. <laughs> Living large, that that big adventure, and good on you for for taking the leap into the into a bit of the unknown. And I, I bet you've already made friends and started those community networks already. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the nice thing about COVID as well is you do get to meet a lot of uh, business owners, and you do get to get uh, get face to face time with um with anyone in the community. So you really meet. You meet everyone everywhere you go uh, and you make friends as soon as you're introduced to somebody and it doesn't take long for work to get around and for people to know who you are. So making friends is also quite easy and um, country people are, are lovely. You know, they're, they're all welcoming as well. So that, that makes it even easier. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful place to be. It sounds like the very practical emphasis of the Griffith journalism degree that you did, including that wonderful world exchange, actually has has come to play really well for you to hit the ground running in a place like Scone. Yes, absolutely. So I think Griffith University and especially my time abroad uh, towards the end of my degree, uh, it gave me the confidence to really just go for opportunities um, presented to me in my career. And, you know, you, you can't be too picky when, when you have opportunities you you need to take them to gain that experience to gain that confidence in yourself to develop your writing style and I think regional journalism was perfect a perfect move for me because it's really allowed me to expand my writing skills overall really and all the topics that I'm writing about and the people that I'm meeting and all the different stories that I've been able to produce in in a matter of weeks yeah really just shows that I'm going to be able to report on almost anything after I leave here so Griffith really set me up for that it it gave me the, the foundation sent me overseas, threw me in the deep end in a in a whole world that I wasn't aware of, talking about Europe, and then to come back here and then to go to move yet again to regional journalism. I just thought I was have to go for it. 
And what? here I am, surviving. <laughs> you are surviving and thriving. Congratu- <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. Taylor. It's, it's wonderful to hear that regional journalism has a future with young journalists such as yourself. Thank you for, for joining us on Remarkable Tales. Thank you so much for having me. That was Griffith University journalism graduate Taylor Fellows speaking to me from her home in Scone on Skype for this episode of Remarkable Tales. Remarkable Tales is a podcast production of Griffith University. It's produced by Nance Haxton. That's it for this episode of Remarkable Tales. I'm Nance Haxton. See you next time.